یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں Hello everybody and welcome to episode 24 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan. What's up Karan? What's up? How's it going? It's going well. It's uh, early in the morning where I am and just got a mass together to <laughs> to come up and record this. Oh, that's good. That's good. Much appreciated. You have the hard work and drive of a certain number 24 to which this podcast is dedicated. Do you know who that exactly. is? Exactly. Ronde exactly. Hollis I'm Jefferson. The... <laughs> Richard Jefferson. Did you know the number of number twenty fours in the in the NBA right now? I was shocked. Like there's there's Kent Bazemore, there's there's Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson is still in the league. What? That, that's crazy. Richard Jefferson is still balling out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So episode number twenty four, of course, no brainer. Uh, majority of this will uh, we'll end up talking about the one and only Kobe Bryant. But we also have. Uh, a couple of other things to talk about but before we do that we're going to quickly introduce our special guest for today uh Karan for the I'm I'm going to play the home card here and I'm, I've brought on my friend uh do it <laughs> my friend and my my clubmate from back in Bangalore um somebody who I've known for about I think 8 or 9 years now if I'm not mistaken hey Kunal how's it going hey man hey Kaushik hey Karan going good Hi, Kunal. thanks for having me Oh, absolutely. Um, and you're right about the seven or eight years. Yeah, I think it was like <laughs> the first year of college. That's when like we properly properly got. Yeah, yeah. 2007. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. So, for those of uh, obviously none of you know uh, Kunal, yeah. un- unless you're actually a member of NGV. In that case, shout out to NGV. Uh, so Kunal is is the ball handler, point guard, leader, captainish sort of personality of our team, uh, and he's he's one of the best. people to play with he's is uh, always like he drives the team he's he's, uh, he's he's just a great person to to be with and he's we've also shared plenty of nba conversations which is why i thought that uh, since we're going to talk mostly nba stuff uh, we thought we'll bring him on here so uh, happy to have you here kunal and i hope you have a good time talking to us oh thank you kaushik thanks karan and it's going to be really tough to speak with such a big smile on my face after you give me such a <laughs> that's a glowing introduction so 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 are you speak straight yeah kunal are you or are you not the kobe of your team no no, no i'm not the kobe oh it's, the, it's far from under rondo i'm far from it <laughs> i don't shoot yeah he's actually the rondo or the ricky rubio uh, likes oh, of the team nice. so our coach uh, always has to you know um, push him to to actually take shots because he's more he's so involved in getting people involved and creating for people he's, he's that kind of a guy <laughs> uh cool so uh current before we get started about the nba stuff there's a couple of um, india basketball related news this is of course an india basketball podcast primarily so we have to talk about a couple of big things that are happening uh, what, what what are they Karan? well first of all um for indian basketball fans The, the you know the Indian basketball version of the NBA finals or the 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 Olympic finals are are happening right now. Basically, it's the annual senior national championship, India Indian basketball's biggest tournament, uh, and it's happening in your state, Kaushik. It's it's down in Mysore or as it's now called Mysuru. That's right. And uh, and and so so Mysuru is hosting senior nationals. And you know, I was as I was doing the research for the senior nationals, I realized this may be the the most participated. nationals i have ever heard about uh, i think there's 29 men's teams and about uh 23 or 25 women's teams wow 24 women's teams so um i mean how many states does in does india even have out of those 29 states and tributaries and um sorry states territories and or the railway services units they're yep. all there um yep. So it looks like it's going to be a massive tournament, and it it tipped off uh, as we speak. I mean, we're recording this on January 10th. It tipped on on January 9th. So hopefully, it's still going on, or maybe it's concluded by the time you guys hear this. Um, if if it if it isn't, turn your attention towards Mysore. Turn your attention towards the, the biggest Indian basketball tournament. I'm guessing you guys are uh, are rooting for Karnataka. Oh, absolutely. There's more absolutely. than more than yeah. one reason for that. Uh, 
and I'd like to take this opportunity to give a shout out to what I believe uh, Kunal is has is like easily our best player, uh, best player that we've uh, we've had grace our club, uh, Abhishek Ram, who's playing for Karnataka as well. So shout out to you, Sheikh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in fact, they have a game in about half an hour. So all the best, guys. Isaac, Sheikh, and the rest of the Karnataka team. All the best for that. Oh, they have a game against Haryana, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they did a fairly good job against Punjab as well. They lost by not too much, which is uh, yeah, which is which is pretty uh, exciting. Yeah, um, the the shift of attention of the Basketball Federation of India down to to Bangalore has also, I think, bought up a lot of um, Karnataka-based players in the national system. So um, yes, you're right. I think the national team has a few Karnataka players and, and they're, they're looking good. And then otherwise, um, I think the, the, the teams that, as we can all predict, will probably be in and around the semi-final stage by the time we're done. is probably going to be somebody like a Tamil Nadu or a Uttarakhand. And um, uh, there's a few other teams in the women's section. The women's section is obviously always, almost always dominated between Indian Railways and Chhattisgarh. Yep. Uh, but Ke- but Kerala has been really good this year, and I think they shocked Chhattisgarh on day one. So, so let's see let's see how how this goes on and and who will be the Indian champion uh, within about a week from now. Yeah, if um, if you guys follow some of the Indian players on social media, they've all been uh, nothing but praises about the organization in Mysore. So it's pretty cool to hear that uh, our state is you know getting its act together. It's not not one of the better functioning state associations, is it, Kunal? <laughs> <laughs> let's not I, uh, let's save the comments for after the recording is over Kaushik. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard Mysuru is uh, is the cleanest city in India. That's what I, I was told. Oh, yeah. They, they did so, a survey and it's a beautiful city. We definitely as Bangaloreans, we know how to clean ourselves up uh, really well and look good. <laughs> but uh, I think that uh, question of consistency is where I think a lot of uh, Basketball, basically lesser known sports in India, that's where we back. That's right. Uh, Karan, apart from the senior nationals, there was also something like you know, semi India related in the NBA. Uh, it's it's one of my biggest like pet peeves. I find it really annoying, but you seem to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hilarious. I'll, I'll mention it first and then I want to hear your peeve. Uh, the, the Sacramento Kings, owned by an Indian, uh, Vivek Anandive, as most of us know. They've they and a bunch of NBA teams now start, are starting to reach out to the Indian market more and more. Uh, so they do. The Kings did a what they call a Bollywood night uh, just a few days ago, and so they reach out to the Indian community and of course you know Indians like us in, back in India or everywhere else on earth. Uh, so so you know they they bring out cheerleaders dressed in what they call Indian clothing, but some half the time they wear Arabic clothing. Um, uh, they have, um, but I mean, you know, I I enjoy it. I I just like the fact that they make the effort. You know, uh, they they had Punjabi sword fighting. They they had Vivek's daughter Anjali did uh, always performs a pop song. Uh, they do some some Bhangra performances. I think my favorite part is actually the fact that uh, the Sacramento Kings players rush out in their practice jerseys, which have the uh, Devanagari script. So it says Kings in, in Hindi or Devanagri. And I like okay. that. I've been trying to get my hands on one of those t-shirts for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, f- I just find it a little like too, they're trying too hard and it's, it feels like, I don't know, it just feels like a bit of a gimmick more than anything else. But yep. you, 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 know, you know what would have made it much better? Like if Boogie actually did, did stepped out on the court and did the Bangra himself. Boogie, Boogie should have done the yeah, Bangra. Yeah, Boogie should wear a turban. <laughs> Yes, like imagine, he should. Doesn't he look like a like a big Punjabi guy? Like if you just put a colorful turban on his head, and he's got some moves and uh, a video ex- exists on YouTube of Boogie doing Bhangra. There is oh, okay. apparently oh. Boogie was. I, I don't know how I stumbled upon this. I mean, obviously being Indian and, and being in love with Boogie kind of meshes between in this direction. But there is there is a video where Boogie was invited to some Indian friends party. <laughs> uh, in somewhere in in California, and he rolls in the house with like his Indian buddies, and he starts doing the bhangra at his Indian birthday party. 
and it's the funniest thing. It's gonna take some time to find on 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 YouTube, but it'll be worth it. So yeah. you guys give this video a thousand views. That's that's amazing, Karan. Uh, it's okay. We don't have to keep it a secret that every morning you wake up and search for Boogie Bangra on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that is how you found it someday. The Bollywood Night game was um, Kings versus Lakers. Kings versus Lakers is one of like the most epic rivalries. Not so much nowadays, but back in the day when all our formative NBA watching experiences was getting you know built up, it was uh, it was a pretty big deal. And it, I thought it was quite cool that on Bollywood Night Day they also had the Kobe tribute. And uh, Vlade Divac, in, for instance, gave him gave Kobe a. Number eight Hornets jersey, which was like a really cheeky, nice. Uh, That's, nice gift, that was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Kobe then, shall we? I mean, it was Bollywood night, and it was Kobe's last game, and he 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 played really well. Uh, yeah, he did. Went back in time, flew. <laughs> he had a nice alley oop in that game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know he could get up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before uh, Koshik, you. Get on the, um, the uh, start our, our our Kobe tribute today. <laughs> I just want to mention because you started, you mentioned Vlade. Did you read the story that uh, about uh, about Vlade and Kobe and how Kobe almost didn't become a Laker? Yes, I did. It was that. Ama- I, it was, so it's a bit of a freaky experience. And just a couple of days before that, there was also that article about how he almost became a Celtic. Uh, yeah, those. Thank God, those alternate universes didn't exist. <laughs> Yeah, so there exists a universe for for Lakers fans where none of this happened. And if you guys haven't read this article, look it up. It's uh, basically they interviewed Vlade, and Vlade talked about how he completely hated the fact that he was going to be traded to the Hornets back in 1996 for a young rookie named Kobe Bryant. And Vlade was, you know, I think he was an All-Star level player already back then. Yeah. And and he he didn't want to go to Charlotte so he he contemplated retiring and if he retired it would mean that he can't be traded and and i think jerry west had to convince him to you know go to charlotte and check it out and accept that trade and so they were not only able to trade for kobe but vlade leaving uh, gave them enough cap space to also sign this other big guy named shaquille o'neal so it completely changed uh, <laughs> like one of the greatest teams of all time wouldn't have existed if Vlade just decided like screw this I'm retiring. Yeah, it's it's insane, isn't it? He played two years in the Hornets and then came back and played quite a few years in the Kings as well. But to think that he would have, like, he thought about retiring just because he didn't want to play there. It's, uh, yeah, I'm just glad that that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Karan, what do you? What are your like first memories of Kobe? Kunal, we'll get to you as well. It'd be nice to mm-hmm. uh, like I know you're not one of like Kobe's biggest fans, so it'd be nice to have that other <laughs> view <laughs> as well. <laughs> but uh, Karan, what's your opinion on, or rather, what's your starting memories of the the young 18-year-old Kobe Bryant, the guy with the afro and the the arrogance and the rap music and whatnot? Uh, you know. It's it's interesting. Like we have all grown grown up with Kobe Bryant almost as you know this as NBA fans as this distant cousin who we've seen grow up with us. You know, so as we have matured and changed and we like different things, he he's a human being and we've seen him become different human beings in the over the last twenty years. And as we we've, we've all become obviously, you know, so he went from this eighteen year old to a thirty eight year old, and so it's, it's been an interesting sort of journey almost you know like it'll be an end of an era when kobe retires because he'll be one of the first players from since when i started watching basketball to his career to end and now i feel old as shit you know? <laughs> so, so it's it's i mean i remember kobe being when he came into the league instantly a lot of my friends became fans he was just exciting as hell he he could um, he he won that slam dunk contest i remember he was just the talk of the town, and even even when he wasn't starting, he was the talk of the town. I remember he was, you know, he was shooting air balls in in the playoffs. Uh, my personal favorite young Kobe thing is his is his brief and uh, unsuccessful rap career. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I wonder if you guys have heard the song with Tyra Banks, K O B E. Yes, yes, we have. Uh, I it, I found it first in his documentary. I think there was a. And there was a brief section about that, and that's that's also where he met his uh, wife. Where he met his wife. Yeah. 
so so I knew that song when it came out. I don't know, like it was <laughs> when he released it as a brand new hit single, and uh, God forbid if if you heard the song as a child, uh, as a child you may never have enjoyed hip hop music. So fortunately, <laughs> I was already you know into the music, and and Kobe didn't put me off too much. But it may be in contention for one of the worst songs ever made. So good job, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kunal, what uh, what are your uh, like first impressions of Kobe, like from from back in the day? Uh, oh, as in when he first came in? Yeah, when so he first came into the scene. What the initial thing that I think what me and I think a lot of other fans would have noticed is uh, we felt he tried to play like Jordan, right? So he was he was Jordan like. Yeah. So so he was the guy who would come off the bench and give you five ten minutes or sorry fifteen twenty minutes of pretending to play like Jordan. But mm-hmm. without the defense, maybe. <laughs> But yeah. So overall, I think uh, he showed the potential when he was young, and there was no doubt. Because if you had the greatest player in the game uh, showing you that uh, respect, and you earned that respect by playing with him, that's something which which was which he achieved really early on with uh, with him and Michael Jordan. So I think that really. Uh, Helped him evolve into who he is now, and I think now that he's retiring, me as a person who sort of uh, looked at him as the guy who was trying to mimic Jordan, I can sort of now look back and maybe uh, enjoy his independent legacy, which is apart from the whole uh, trying to be like Mike. So I guess now is uh, probably a time where I would enjoy looking back at his games with a different perspective. Koshi, Koshi, you're obviously a, a Kobe fan. Yes. Um, and I actually, um, I do agree completely with Kunal that that there was a whole tendency to 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 be like Mike, be like MJ, <clears throat> and and I actually don't blame him. Uh, he was the exact same size and build as the greatest player of all time. And if you are, if you're gonna mimic anyone, why not mimic the greatest ever? Like I think Kobe True. set a challenge for himself. He 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 took a red. He's like, I want to be as good as this guy, and and he put it out there. So it's kind of, it's been amazing to see him chase MJ. You know, but he's in my opinion he's failed, but the chase has been pretty amazing. And what do you think, Koshik, about about him? Well, I mean, let's let's stick with early Kobe about him as a young 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 person coming in challenging MJ. I think he he said some things to him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do think that, like you said, uh, he hasn't. He has failed in that pursuit of being uh, Michael Jordan, but he also has created that independent legacy of himself. What as what Kunal said. So, which is, I think, a pretty great achievement in itself. That somebody who tried it and gave it like a real, real serious shot to be like MJ, and he's probably the closest we're ever going to see at at that half success level as well. So, I thought that. what he was when he came into the game like he made it he put it out there that he wanted to be like mike and that that's the kind of player he is he just like puts it out there he gives his best on the court and then slowly he started carving a little niche to uh, for himself which is that extra hard dedication never give up so single handedly like i will beat you and own you no matter what that that's the kind of Think, attitude that he he started to bring and that started separating himself a little bit away from you know being just like Michael Jordan which which I think was a fascinating journey in itself I yeah. think that's what uh, old kobe might look at young kobe and say like the i think the amount of determination and heart that he has shown towards his uh, later years where he's past his prime and he keeps getting injured and he keeps fighting back that itself i think is more come remarkable than anything else his struggles as a rookie or as a young player i think what he's done now to cement his legacy that that is way more remarkable for me than what he did as a younger player absolutely i completely agree with that well kobe did have some quote unquote struggles as a young player but man like he had a lot of success eventually and we'll get to that by <laughs> even before he was a legal drinking age in the us he <laughs> was part of one of the greatest teams of all time the the lost the 2000 lakers in my opinion um which shack in his absolute prime w- w- what he did that year he he won um, i think he won the all star mvp the the league mvp and the finals mvp 
and they basically started off the the three peat era, which pretty much I think cemented a lot of international fan bases to become Laker fans. Uh, back on back of Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, myself included. Uh, yeah. So, so Koshi, tell me, like, how, how did you become a, a fan? Were you a Laker fan first or a Kobe fan first? How did that happen? Uh, I think I was a Laker fan first. I wasn't actually completely like into the Lakers. I hadn't narrowed down them as the the team to support for for a long time. In fact, and probably somewhere in the middle of two thousand one, two thousand two. That's when it completely struck me. Uh, and at that time, I had like a soft spot for that for the Kings of back then, for the Raptors of Vince Carter, and like there's a lot of these uh, little stories that that uh, was worthy of following in itself. But I think the thing with Kobe and Shaq was they were just dis- like they would just destroy opponents, and there's literally nothing that the others could do. There's one of the greatest big men of all time, and there's this young guy who has potential to be one of the greatest outside players ever either. So, and that it's not something that you could stop easily and with with all that there's that whole drama about how these two don't necessarily get along with each other either and uh, it's just it, it's it's like a beautiful script isn't it it's got it's got the emotional highs it's got the it's got the crazy swings it's got good quality sports and this is hard not to not to fall in love with such a thing they, they they completed a three-peat, which is, uh, as we've seen since, no one since has done it. And it's, it's sort of become a holy grail that, you know, it, uh, to do in the NBA. Obviously, the holy grail is to win, win a championship, but to win three in a row is incredibly difficult. And they did that. Um, Kunal, when you look back at that era, what do you feel was the most memorable moment of of Kobe from those days, from the early Laker days? Um... I'm trying to remember what I remember because I I used to not uh, watch a lot of Laker games. I did watch the Western Conference Finals. I think uh, during uh, like uh, after a lot of years, the Western Conference Finals against uh, I think the Kings, which I think was a really controversial series, Game Six, Game Seven. Mm. So I remember I remember that uh, elbow he threw at Bibi to, to get that shot off. Mm-hmm. So I. I think at that point, I just remember Kobe uh, being literally unstoppable. Like, to a certain extent, when he was in the game and he he was attacking the basket, there was there was no stopping him. He had he had one of the best handles. He had one of the best crossovers. He had he had the amazing jumping ability. So, uh, as a player to guard on the outside who is going to invite so much pressure that uh, Shaq is going to get you 30 or 40 every night. I think uh, he was he was incredible in that way. I think he did a lot to help out Shaq and that's why he was Shaq was a beast because no one could I think no one could double him. I think that's why uh, they still say that game was really controversial. There were some 24 fouls in the final quarter on all the Sacramento big guys and that was all because they chose not to double him and he ended up just getting the entire team fouled out. So, I think that was a big, like, obviously because you had such a great presence outside, like, Kobe. Yeah, I mean, that was 2002 and they had so many great moments leading up to, you know, in that 3 They had the big comeback game against Portland, the Kobe to Shaq Aliou. They had an uh-huh. amazing playoff run, which I still consider the 15-1 run in 2001. I think that was them at the peak. Yep. Where the only loss was against uh, Alan Iverson going completely bonkers in the finals. Sorry, Kuna? No, I think uh, the Iverson game was, I think, it was the finals record, right? That was the only game. Yeah, that's right. That's ah, right. That, was, that was the only loss. Koshik, what was your greatest memory from that era? Oh, it's definitely that, uh, that Kings and Lakers series. I feel like they probably were the only ones who... Um, who felt like they they would legitimately have options to beat the Lakers. I know that the Portland Trailblazer series was really, really close as well and it didn't really turn around till that last uh, fourth quarter. But mm. I, I have more memories probably because I was slightly older for the for the Kings-Lakers series. I feel like there are the rivalries like that just don't exist nowadays even mm. as, as much as uh, some of these <laughs> some of these players try to uh, Trayvon Green. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, probably, probably if like a if 
Warriors and Clippers played 50 series against each other, it might uh, have <laughs> such a, such an impact. But right. that was like very intense basketball. Like the teams really wanted to beat the hell out of each other, and it was it was almost like two different styles of basketball as well. It was uh, oh one of the most epic series I think that, uh, and just the fact that that is the one series that sticks out more than even any of the final series. The finals were really like cakewalks on yeah, three yeah. of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, it's just a, a different, uh, different time, different era, and wonderful series that we fondly recollect on. Well, one of the other early things that I remember about Kobe was, you know, after the 2000 championship when Shaq was a toast to the NBA, he'd finally, you know, after many years, he he'd become a champion and become the best player in the world. He actually, I remember watching a doc, uh, a Lakers documentary. My my wife is a Lakers fan, so she has this whole like legacy DVD series, which you know breaks on every era of, of of the Lakers history and uh, yeah. when they were talking about this uh, this this series uh, when they came back for the 2000 training camp for the for the next following season Shaq had partied way too much he had he had kind of become out of shape and he he'd become a bit lazier and Kobe had come back from this off season determined to be the best player in the NBA and you're playing with Shaq and you're 21 years old and he had the ambition, so Kobe had worked his ass off after the first championship. Apparently, Phil Jackson was interviewed and said that within a couple of days after the tour, after winning the championship, he was back to work, you know. And uh, so it was, it was like a very interesting conundrum at the beginning of the next season because Shaq was obviously the more, you know, it was an easier two points and therefore a better player, but he wasn't working as hard as Kobe was. And so that season began with the, that's when I think that the struggles began because Kobe really wanted to take the team by the horns and so show everyone how how it, um, you know how to work hard and I think it eventually when Kobe got hurt midway during that season and then the the team started revolving around Shaq again and started winning a lot of games that's when they turned it around so Kobe came back and then they went on that crazy run to finish and win the championship again yeah. do you feel cautioning that they left a lot on the table that this team could have won if they stuck together, they didn't hate each other. That they could have won, gone out and won a lot more. Yeah, I think I think theoretically they would have because it's just so so difficult to stop these two. But at the same time, I'm kind of glad that this whole bust up happened because it's it's such a beautiful part of both their careers and their legacies that without it, maybe it doesn't have as much fun, as much meaning. The fact that both of them were chasing their first ring after they separated uh, that was a story in itself, and the fact that Shaq won first, and then Kobe upped him by winning two again later. Uh, and mm-hmm. finally, they they're all they act like buddies right now. I don't know if they are really, but uh, <laughs> I think that the game would have robbed us of moments like that. So I'm I'm glad that it still happened. Um, but who knows? I mean, who knows? The you theoretically you could it was very difficult to beat them, and maybe they're the one like two or three more. Um, it's 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 not hard to say no. Uh, imagining what that could have been. What do you think, Kunal? Yeah, it's true. Like uh, we've always uh, had that teammate. If we think about it, even in successful runs, you'll always have that teammate who you think uh, you might not get along with, who still who takes the shot which you don't like. But uh, at the end of the day, if everything works and uh, it only works for a short period of time, you. You try to you kind of treasure it a little bit more. If they would have maybe gone on for a little longer, things might have gotten like worse, I guess. But uh, this was just the right amount, I think, for short and sweet. And uh, their interactions now with uh, all the speeches during Shaq's retirement, then him coming back and saying something for Kobe and he retired. So all that is, yeah, I think that's something also a lot of fans. I think we enjoy as fans. Their chemistry, very unique. What about you, Karan? What do you think? Uh, what do you think about the whole Kobe Shaq bust up and uh, about whether they would have won lo- if they if they stick together for longer? I, and I feel stuff? I feel I feel we were robbed as NBA fans to be honest. Like uh, you had the game's best big man and arguably you know either the best or one of the top three perimeter players who was going to be eventually the best perimeter player in the NBA by the mid-2000s. And you had these two. If they had perfect personalities, if they were 
the Duncan and Tony Parker personality. It would have been a very seamless, smooth passover from from Shaq being good to Kobe being the best guy, you know. And I think they could have won a couple more championships because because they you you it's so difficult to beat a team like that on court. Despite all the differences, they were completely on sync. But do you think Kobe would have become the Black Mamba if they were still together? Like the 81 points, Kobe, the uh, the 2008 MVP season. I think he eventually like, would have because, uh, as I said, like if, if they again, uh, this comes with this theoretical universe. If, if they were on better terms <laughs> with each other, because. Uh, because then it would have been a seamless passing of the baton. So Shaq would have become uh-huh. how Shaq was with Dwayne Wade. Yeah, uh, you uh-huh. know, like he, he uh-huh. took a back seat. I yeah. mean, he may not he may not have exploded for eighty one points, but he may have been winning championships. And I think Lakers fans would have taken that instead. Even Kobe uh, himself, I think, would have taken that more than any day. Now, yeah. Now that said, uh, we mentioned eighty one. <laughs> when did you guys wake up in the morning, see the NBA box score, and read eighty one? <laughs> What was your what was your reaction, Kunal? I don't I don't think I I was following the scores that time live. I think I caught it about probably a week late. A week uh, late? Yeah yeah yeah. Were you were you I, on earth? I'm sorry I'm sorry to sound like this, <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, anyway I wasn't following uh, the NBA so regularly at that time. But yeah, that's the first thing I did. Went and looked up all the highlights. I think the closest thing I can imagine. Uh, to someone scoring 81 points in a game, I, I, I think there is. I think I've seen a game. I played a game with my friend where he outscored the entire opponent team. So I guess yeah. So but it it's it's as unbelievable to even think of. Like I think I don't think I have even visual memories of that game which I played in. So Kaushik, what do you remember about about that moment? Oh, it's just. He was unstoppable. I, we haven't seen anything like that. In of course, we haven't seen the hundred point game, but like you can't even imagine something like that. What was the next highest before that? Sixty something, sixty nine maybe. Um, Jordan, but uh, I mean, uh, I think I Bill Chamberlain have... himself. Bill Chamberlain himself had seventy eight to seventy nine. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. And uh, but just to imagine that one single player could score eighty one points in a game and. Uh, from outside inside free throws everything it's, it was just i think that it just felt so special so unique uh there'll never be anything like that like no matter what there'll never be anything like that it's just mind blowing and even today when people talk about uh when suddenly you know nba decides to put uh, the 81 point highlights on facebook pages or or something like that it's just when you when you look at it, your your jaw still drops. That's how unbelievable it was. Yeah. Mind blowing. The, the the crazy thing was he was leading up to it. So that season he was going bonkers. Anyways, like I think he had a one, he had a whole month where he averaged forty or forty five points a game. He had five straight fifty point games. He had he outscored the Dallas Mavericks in three quarters, which I felt actually was a more impressive game. Yeah. With, he just chilled in the fourth quarter, but he had sixty three or sixty two in three quarters. Um, stuff like that. It's it was impressive, but obviously they they had their playoff shortcomings. The Lakers. I mean, it was up and down, right? Like that was one of the worst teams I've ever seen with Smush Parker and Kwame Brown. Yeah, if you have <laughs> if you have Smush Parker and Kwame Brown in your team, then you're you're not supposed to be good. <laughs> Simple as that. He, he, he hit a couple of huge huge game winners. I think one of my favorite uh, Kobe moment uh, in terms of playoff moments. Was against the Phoenix Suns in that series where he hit the game oh, tag yeah. and the game winning shot. Oh yeah, Smush Parker had the assist to that. That's underrated. Smush is in NBA history. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what was your favorite sort of you know the Mamba moment, uh, Kunal? Or I'll, I'll just start with you first. Like the, the uh, you know how we remember Kobe for being for better or worse, um, even if the even if the advanced stats don't say it, we remember him for being a clutch player. What I was think your favorite I think it was that. It was that entire. I wouldn't say it was a moment as such. It was the entire 2008 season. Just mm. like you mentioned, the 40-point average, just scoring title, just putting the team on his back. So at least the regular season for me, I don't think uh, for a long time anybody had dominated the regular season and dominated the NBA like that, and especially at the guard position. So I think that entire season just. 
it it showed me that different side of kobe like earlier before that i used to consider him as a flashy player as a flashy player who would play good in spurts if he if he was hot he was good but that like when he was on his own and he like had that mvp season it really showed that that jordanes kind of that just sheer willpower running him at some time you know just not letting his team lose i am going to do whatever is necessary fight scratch crawl to whatever is needed and make my team win so uh, i didn't end up winning but yeah i think that so, really proved a lot for kobe haters so actually those were two different i mean he, he didn't win his mvp in that year he won uh, he he won an, he oh. only won one mvp award which was in 2008 uh when yeah. he actually took the team to the finals and the loss to the Celtics uh but yeah like that's era of kobe between 2005 and 8 when he how he evolved from being the guy who was going to score 80 points on you to a guy who was going to be be a, a a good team player and win an mvp and take the team to the finals that was that was fascinating uh, what about you koshik what was your quote unquote favorite mamba moment i think the entire phoenix and series the one we spoke about where the smash parker assist and all that. that that phoenix and steam was like legit good they were what the golden state warriors are today like years ahead of uh, now and i think that the whole league didn't know how to contend with that but here's this one guy carrying a pretty average team on his back like surely single handedly and that that was that was one hell of an upset and that memory sticks more than anything else but like both of you said the the journey that you see from the black mamba personality that was created to somebody who then carries a team to to serious championship level stuff that's that was uh, that was a great transition to go through as well to to observe I, as a fan and i would say from 2008 to 10 when he um, uh when they they made three state finals and pau gasol joined him uh, also like koshi we've talked about this like one of the uh most underrated man crushes in the nba between kobe and pau oh it's beautiful uh, <laughs> it's beautiful they, i i'm not sure why there is there aren't any like documentaries and stuff made on they, that they'd be once brothers part 2 with kobe and pau absolutely uh, <laughs> but but like uh, i remembered the beijing olympics and I, my brother and i still talk about this we get the chills like neither of us are big kobe fans but i remember they, they put together it was a redeem team that the usa had lost uh the previous year and so they they put all the big guns out you know it's like LeBron, Melo, Dwayne Wade, all these guys in their prime, these young guys, and then Kobe was already being considered the older guy, even though he was the best, mm-hmm. probably the best player in the NBA then. And uh, it was so interesting because then we, the US team did not really have a challenge until uh, Spain in the finals, and and the way Kobe took over the final, one of the my favorite basketball games of all time. Yeah. You know, he just he just separated himself he, even among a, a team with the best players on earth. he was like i got this i'm going to take care of us and i'm going to see us through and i think to see the rest of the the team defer to him and let him be the man and save you know carry them to a, a gold medal uh, that like really made my respect for kobe uh, a lot more higher you know took my respect a lot more higher yeah kunal and i have spoken about this game quite often at the end of like we finish our basketball practice and go have juice and stuff <laughs> we uh, we talk about this game more often than a lot of other games i think and um, kunal what what is your uh, what is your recollection of this one particular game okay i think this was in my memory the most competitive uh, game i had seen usa basketball play for a long time right yep. so it was like spain gave them a solid fight i think that was the game where uh, rudy fernandez had that dunk on dwight howard yep and right. yeah so they were playing really well and 16 year old yeah. ricky rubio <laughs> everybody dunked on dwight howard yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think uh, dwayne wade was also having a really good tournament but i think yeah that fourth quarter was all kobe yeah are you guys there yeah yeah something yeah, yeah. so ah. so 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 kobe got two more rings he finished with five and then koshik uh began the, the the dark ages so to say oh man uh, basketball would, yeah so so <laughs> do, should we go there should, should, should we poke the unpokeable hashtag that's, basketball reasons that's that's fine. <laughs> i have now uh, i've now come to terms with it it is for all those alternate universes that we spoke about where <laughs> bad things didn't happen this time <laughs> just we jumped into the wrong universe uh, and i genuinely think if if 
Chris Paul was traded to the Lakers then, the run would have continued. Like, they would have done something to, to still be a really, really top quality team then. But David Stern oh. had different ideas and, oh, it's been such a mess since then. So, to all the kids who, you know, uh, <laughs> who don't know what we're talking about, Chris Paul was a Laker. It happened. It, yes. it, 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 that, that, that reality existed. Chris Paul was traded from the, I mean, they were known as the Hornets back there, from New Orleans to the to the Lakers. Um, I think Paul Gasol ended up in... In New Orleans. In, in, in Houston. New Orleans, in Houston. Yeah. And Lamar Odom ended up with... Where yeah. did Odom end up? I think was New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were a few other major pieces and and Chris Paul was a Laker until David Stern intervened and gifted him to the, the Clippers and forever changed both franchises. Oh, man. Uh, how have you felt about the last few years of Kobe's career? You know, they had Dwight Howard. Um, sorry to remind you of him. They who? had... Dwight who? <laughs> they, they, they bought back uh, one of my all-time favorites, but for at the wrong time in his career, Steve Nash. Um, what was your opinion of those last few uh, last few years up till now of, of what Kobe's achieved? Uh, so, I think that they did, like the Lakers management did whatever they could to prolong Kobe's prime. Um, and I think that if if Chris Paul had come in, it would have been a great few, a couple of years at least. But, okay, we, we all know that, that, that Davidson had different ideas. But even <laughs> even when I think Dwight was traded for and Steve Nash came in, that, like it was a really top-heavy team and without any bench. But I still thought that that could work out. And I think the, most of us did. Yeah, most of us did, and everybody had them in the finals. So, uh, I, where I think it went wrong was the fact that uh, in, when Mike Brown was, I think, correctly fired, um, they didn't bring back Phil Jackson, which was, uh, and they brought Mike D'Antoni, who I do believe is a really good coach, but it was just a wrong fit for that team, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't mesh properly. Steve Nash got injured at the wrong time, and Dwight Howard just didn't just decided to be Dwight Howard. And Paul Gasol was badly treated. And this team still made it to the playoffs, like just based on Kobe's back. That's um, that, that's how I think another part of Kobe's legacy is like no matter what the situation is, he'll put the team on himself and uh, and take it forward. But I think that the the day he got injured. The Achilles injury, I think that's that's when Kobe's career like truly changed. He had never gone through something like that, and I don't think he's ever fully recovered after that. No, I remember when he hit those two free throws in the clutch game after the injury. Yep. I had my my eyes were watering watching that like it's so emotional. Like wow, I've never seen you know like it had all like emotional music behind it. It was it, it was uh, it was like a Bollywood film uh, ending. Right there. Yeah, Bollywood films generally have happy endings, but this, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit of an offshoot. Yeah. Kunal, Kunal Hala. Yeah. yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. Go for it, Kunal. What, what do you think? Uh, Kunal, how's your uh, yeah, opinion of Kobe changed the last few years? I think um, I have gone from the point of uh, like personally being uh, someone who didn't appreciate the uh, young Kobe the showboating and the overly cocky attitude of the young Kobe to someone who's learned to like learn to admire him for what he did right. So his work ethic, his his like no taking bullshit from anybody. So be it his teammates or anyone, he was not he was never afraid to call out anyone. And I think it just goes to show you like right now if you look at Dwight Howard what I think after the entire Kobe debacle and all that, now he's in Houston. Like nobody sees him in the same light, and even if, if you look at his game, I don't think it's the same Dwight Howard. I think the potential what people saw for Dwight Howard, uh, maybe five years back, that ceiling has been lowered. They don't see it as such a higher ceiling now. Because I don't think Dwight Howard proved after the entire thing that he has the the heart. Necessary. All the balls. Add, yeah, all the, yeah. Could you said that? I was hesitating. <laughs> yeah. Anything goes in this. In this yeah, part. seriously. Like he should have. He, 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 he did not have the gulab jamuns for that series. Yeah, no gulab jamuns at all. And I think if there was any guy who played with gulab jamuns his entire career, and especially 
especially towards the end of his career was Kobe. I think that moment where he had his last All-Star game and he wanted to uh, like show LeBron who's boss. That play where he, I think that was his not that was last All-Star game in LA, right? Yeah, I think a couple of years ago. Yeah, in the last one in Los Angeles. So I think that was he had to win and whatever he wanted to. I don't know whether I'm right with my facts, but that play where he went back and he played LeBron 94 feet and ended up blocking him and then giving him a pat on the butt after that saying like, <laughs> I might be an old man, but I still got like defense on you any day. So, yeah, so just someone who plays like that with so much tenacity and so much heart. I don't think, I think there's only one guy in the league who plays like that for me or maybe two guys. Personally, for that's Westbrook and Chris Paul. Chris Paul got a little more brain. Westbrook, I guess, a little more headless. But <laughs> that that tenacity is something I don't think. It's yeah, it's the rarest thing to see in the NBA right now because they are all so good. I don't think they need to. They don't feel the need to play continuously with that tenacious ability. I don't see that in every player now. That's something I'm really going to miss. Uh, so when we heard about his uh, his retirement, Karan, uh, what and and his popularity and what whatever is happening right now with his farewell tour, uh, what's your entire take on this whole thing? Like, did you ever imagine that Kobe will get such a farewell tour? Because I remember a few years ago he mentioned that he he's just going to retire one fine day and that's it. But right now he seems to be enjoying this farewell tour when he said he wouldn't, and uh, like it, it's this beautiful thing that the whole league is celebrating like the Boston Celtics clapped for him that's mm. that's just weird uh i th- i mean first of all when i heard that he's retiring he he, he wrote his little song he wrote his little uh, haiku much much, <laughs> much much better than the rap from back in the day yeah? <laughs> much better much better than, than his uh, kop uh, rap um i was actually very relieved. I mean, I knew this was going to be his last season anyways, just kind of how I, you know, you get the feeling that this is probably Kevin Garnett's last season as well. Um, but but it was just, it was nice that he's, he was terrible at the beginning of the season. And it was sort of, like, put us out of this pain because we've seen this this legend, we've seen him do great things. And now, he, and now we can't believe how bad he's playing. So it kind of gave the Lakers season a purpose. That okay now now we need to now Kobe's retiring so let's make it all about him and by the way I, I think this is all very well planned he, he may say he doesn't like the retirement tour this is all a very good branding opportunity for for Kobe as he as he says goes goodbye to the NBA he's gonna say goodbye in the you know in the biggest way possible to make sure his his legacy is remembered so he, for example Tim Duncan is not gonna get anything even half of a, a retirement <laughs> tour that Kobe is Duncan's just gonna one day just show up and or just not show up to work and leave like a little memo, like guys, I'm done. I'm gonna be in the Bahamas. <laughs> see you, see you in, in a couple of decades <laughs> <laughs> when I'm still 24 years old. <laughs> uh, what do you think about his legacy, though? Like, do you, Karan, uh, do you think like in the list of the great, the greatest ever basketball players, the basketball Hall of Fame, the true ranking of all the legends of the Hall of Fame? Where is the Black Mamba or, or Vino as he calls himself nowadays? Where, where is he? I uh, I mean, I have, I have these conversations with, with my friends and my older brother a lot where we rank, you know, the greatest players of all time. And we always have different rules for it. So it's either who, who was the, you know, like either we rank them at the complete peak, you know, so somebody who had one season that was untouchable, or we rank them over as, as a as a career award. So you know, we rank someone for what they did over 15, 20 years, and I I rank Kobe, you know, in the top seven or eight, I think, for what he's done over his career. He's he sort of did the. I mean, we talk about him doing the Michael Jordan thing and trying to be, becoming as close as he could to MJ, but the one guy who is actually. Um, uh, followed a lot is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a guy who for 20 years separated for over and over. It was excellent for every year, and that is really rare for someone to be one of the NBA's best player almost every year for almost 20 years. And and that's what I think. That's where I think Kobe will get his respect. Uh, what do you think, uh, Kunal? Where do you think you rank Kobe as as now he's retired? When you and you can look at this 
mm-hmm. um, you can almost reflect on his career now instead of still thinking yeah, what's going to do in the future. Looking back at his entire career, there's no doubt that a guy who's won five championships is going to be for me. For me, he's in my top ten. So, um, like. I think it's very rare, right? So he's one of those few guys who, I think, even if you look at, like, say, a Michael Jordan, then you look at a Isaiah Thomas, you look at someone like Larry Bird. I think those guys had that that factor wherein the team, against all odds, they would bring them back from the dead. I think he was one of the few guys who had that. So, like again, yeah, Jerry West and. I think Johnson. So I think if you look at Lakers, he'll be uh, within the top three. I think, right? Magic Johnson, Jerry West, and then uh, Kobe, or maybe Magic Johnson, Kobe, and then Jerry West. Kobe. Um, Kaushik, what has Kobe's career meant to you as a basketball fan? Yeah. By the way, I think both of you gave wrong answers. Kobe is the greatest of <laughs> all time. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm only kidding. Uh, so look, I. I genuinely don't believe in the fact that we can rate players that we've never seen. So, in my opinion, Kobe is still the greatest of all time. Because I unfortunately didn't get to watch Jordan and I don't think LeBron is as good. So, <laughs> so for me, um, Kobe is, is he's the best player that I've had the privilege of watching. That's just as, something as simple as that. The, the game, the career, the story, uh, I don't think I'll see anything like that. Even if, if there might be like a there might be a basketball player X who ends up playing better than Kobe Bryant in the future. It'll not strike the same way as it has because I've my basketball fandom has grown alongside Kobe's career, and that's that's a truly amazing thing. And for that, uh, I think that's why he he'll have that number one spot no matter what. Um, and you know the the other influence of of Kobe is his as you mentioned, like his popularity is amazing, like even beyond his talent. He is one of the most, uh, from everywhere on earth, I mean a lot of fans in India for example are Lakers fans, not just because of the early era but they remain Lakers fans because of what Kobe did even after Shaq left. Um, I lived in China for several years and man, the, the amount of love they have for Kobe is ridiculous. He's one of the most pop. you know, uh, uh, my friends and I always joke like the two famous, most famous foreigners in China are Steve Jobs and Kobe Bryant and Kobe could still... <laughs> Kobe could solve a potential like World War Three if it if it involves China and the USA. If if he's a diplomat, he could actually end that because <laughs> because of the love they have like for him. He's um, is one of the reasons why he is ridiculously leading the All Star voting. Oh, it's amazing. He's still, he he's yeah. not only leading it, but he has more votes than LeBron James and Kevin Durant combined, which is just. You know, <laughs> it blows my mind to think about that. It's totally, totally just the power of the the aura that he has and the fan base that he has. Uh, so, Kunal, yeah. do you think that he should play in the All Star game? Given that, definitely, you know, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. The guy deserves, the guy deserves whatever this grand send off. And I think, as NBA fans in India, during I think when we were young, I don't think. Uh, we had a short time there where we didn't have regular NBA games show, right? Yep. When, uh, like, when the Spurs were winning and all that, we didn't have regular footage all the time. So I think he was a big uh, draw for fans over here. And no matter how much, uh, I guess, uh, I personally might not uh, want to uh, like appreciate his talent when he was around. Now that he's gone, I can truly say, yeah, he's good enough. Like, I think, yeah, I think the man deserves this. He's getting all this credit as well deserved. Yeah, I, I, whether you call the system flawed or not, the fact that people can vote from anywhere and as many times as they can, uh, I, I truly think that the All-Star game is is like a glorified exhibition game and it should be like that and it should be to cater to the fans, um, fans' likes and and dislikes as well. So I, I do think that the fact that he's leading, the fact that it's his, going to be his last All-Star game, and if the fans want that, then then we should have it. What do you think, Karan? Is the system flawed? Do you think you're okay with I, the fact that... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to scrooge this whole situation. I, I think either one of the two things need to change. Either um, 
we don't we actually send the best performers to the All Star game because Kobe being there is going to rob uh, one other potential player who's played better than him from being an All Star for the first time or or for an nth time. Either that needs to change or we stop then judging players when we talk about the legacies by the All Star appearances. Oh, I, think- I think you know you read. You read these articles where like 17 times All Star, but yeah, out of those 17 times, he didn't deserve four or five of those or whatever. I'm not. Uh, so I think that's what um, one of those two things need to change. Either we need to stop judging players by how many times they've been All Stars because it's a popularity concert uh, contest. By the same time, the the coaches vote gets in the talented players in, so it's an interesting, um, you know, it's an in, uh, interesting back and forth there. Or we just send the best potential players. But that said, you know what? If fans want to see Kobe, fans should see Kobe. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Kobe gets 30. He should. <laughs> and I hope he plays LeBron again in the last minute and does something. It'll be fun. <laughs> yep. uh, speaking of All-Star games, before we end this, uh, of course, we the three of us are like NBA junkies and we follow all as many teams as possible. We try to keep up with all the storylines. And... With all that, we the NBA very nicely gives us chance to vote for our All Star teams as well. So, uh, why, why don't we have a crack at at the All Star teams uh, each? So, I'll have both of you uh, answer your picks for both East and West, and then I'll give you mine as well. So we can we can see where we agree and disagree. So, Kunal, why don't you go first? Uh, if if you I, have you okay. voted? Have you voted already? Yeah, I did vote. I'm trying to see if I remember my picks for the East. Okay, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so what's your Eastern Conference team? My Eastern Conference team is uh, Gasol at center, mm-hmm. LeBron at one forward, then I got Paul George at the other forward, Okay. then I have uh, then I have Jimmy Butler yep. at guard, and I think I picked Kyle Lowry as my point guard. Okay, that seems like a pretty, pretty solid team. Uh, Kunal, sorry, Karan, what's your first five for the East? Um, now, honestly, like, I am a pretty biased voter. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't vote by common sense. I just vote by guys I want to see. So, really, the guys who should be in the Eastern Alcar are the guys you just named, Kunal. Uh, maybe <laughs> I would put um, Andre Drummond instead of Pau as the big man, but uh, I don't, okay. I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm not really too committed either way, but I vote for guys. I vote for guys I like. So the guys I voted for, and you guys are gonna laugh at. I mean, I voted for Derrick Rose, doing Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Paul Gasol, and Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire is the surprise there. That was my. That was my. No, my my best is even crazier. My best is Ricky Rubio, Darren Williams, Kevin Durant. That makes sense. Demarcus Cousins makes sense as and as the fifth. My main man, Metro World Peace. Oh let's wow! Get let's get let, let, let's get the panda to to an all-star game. I'm 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 genuinely surprised you didn't have Zingis Khan in there, Karan. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm very uh, I'm very loyal to the guys I've been voting for for, for many years. So which is why Amare for some stupid reason gets my vote. Wait, what what team does Amare play for right now? He he's in Miami. He he Miami. plays about three minutes a game. Wow, that's, that's amazing. How did he end up in Miami? Uh, so, Kunal, what's your Western Conference pick? Uh, yeah, my Western Conference obviously starts with Curry. And uh, I go Westbrook. Curry, Westbrook, Durant. Uh, then I think I have Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. And who did I pick for my center? Did you have... Uh, did you ah, have... I picked I pick Anthony Davis. I didn't pick Cousins, yeah. Okay, uh, that's that's uh, interesting. I actually went uh, with the whole small ball revolution, and none of yeah, my, I, none of my starters have any centers. It's <laughs> I have. I actually had Kawhi Leonard in the West starting. Kawhi, Durant, and Blake were my front court. I mean, that's what okay. should be the front court. No, I didn't vote for it, but it should be. <laughs> wrong, wrong answer again, Karan. The correct answer is <laughs> Kawhi, Durant, and Kobe. <laughs> so yeah, my team is uh, my team is Kawhi. Durant, Kobe, Westbrook, and Curry, and on the other side, it's uh, it's Melo, LeBron, Paul George, Butler, and Lowry. So I, I think that I'm truly embracing the small ball so, revolution and have like no big like, guys. <laughs> I think everybody agrees in the East. Kyle Lowry deserves to get picked this year, right? For he sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think he's. I don't think he has. 
And I think next guy up is who? Kemba Walker? Or is there any other uh, guard in the East? No. I mean, Jimmy Butler has been... Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Butler, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, and he deserves to be... He deserves to be an all-star. I mean, um, and that brings me, Kunal. I heard you were a Bulls fan. How are you feeling about the, the how, how are you feeling about the passing of the baton now that Jimmy Butler is clearly the best player in this team? Yeah, I'm. I'm so happy about it because uh, any time you have a guy who who's your best player on defense and on offense, like that that team has definitely have got a winning culture. So other than that, I think they just need to. I, They've been in this sort of a limbo situation where uh, they're good for a bit in spurts and then again, it's like they lose their identity for a couple of games and then again, they're good for a few games and then again, they have this temporary, they keep having this temporary identity crisis. So, that's the only thing I'm really worried about. But it's good to see, like, I think uh, Jimmy Butler recently came out and he said something about the coach and something about the lack of uh, focus from the rest of his team and they went on a six-game unbeaten run. They just dropped one today. So, it's good to see. I really I really enjoy watching the Bulls. Their grit and toughness is something. Like, that's the way I play. So, I don't care for offense. If someone's playing defense, I am not. <laughs> well, the, this, despite all their quote-unquote problems, the Bulls are still doing really, really second well on in the record. East, yeah. You know, they're still second in the East and they're I think between them and Miami are going to give Cavs the biggest run in the playoffs. What do you think should be their lineup though? I think this is where the where is the biggest confusion. Like if you were setting out a Bulls starting lineup in the playoffs against the Cavs, what um, would you what would be your starting five if they're all healthy including I want to experiment with I don't think Hoiberg's uh, experimented enough with Noah and Gasol in the same lineup. Cuz I think both of them can they're pretty interchangeable. Like both of them can play the high post. Noah can't play the low post as well as Gasol, obviously. But he's he's not a slouch. Like he can pass out of the low post and the high post. And I think that's something I want them to experiment with. Uh, I think you can uh, put uh, Miritich for some added shooting at the small forward, and then you have Butler and Rose as the guards. So that's my starting five. I think for the Bulls. What I want at least to see for a bit, but I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, the the, the Noah Gasol uh, lineups in the past haven't actually had a, had a great plus minus when they're both on the court together. But that's been under a different coach, so it'll be interesting to see if like if Noah stays, if he goes. Koshik, you you also had a soft spot for the Bulls for a long time. What yeah. do you think is this team's uh, peak potential? I think we haven't even seen anything close to what this team can potentially be because they they have the players but they seem to have like it just they haven't found the right fit yet they have like really solid depth they have two good quality players at each position and this is assuming somebody like Mike Dunleavy comes back and he's he's just Mr Bulls isn't he like I I think more than more than Jimmy Butler he's the he's the tenacious dude who will bring the team together so I'm I'm really hoping that he comes back soon uh, I believe it's at least like a month away, but yeah, I think when he comes in and there's, uh, like Kunal said, Hoiberg hasn't really experimented completely, but maybe that's uh, that just got stopped by the fact that Noah got injured and he's expected back sometime soon. So we'll we'll see what uh, what different combinations the the team can be put, you know, team can structure. But I I think that it's genuinely. One of the most like flexible teams. Like, there's so many players who can be good at different things, and you can, you can package them together in multiple ways to extract the yeah. best out of them. So, I feel like over this season, like towards towards March or April, they'll, they'll start figuring out what works best for them, and then I'm looking forward to them uh, seeing and hopefully not again getting beaten by LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Karan? Like, what do you think is the is the best look for the Bulls right now? Uh, I mean, pretty much everything you said. I mean, it's been, it, it's been again, it's been relatively, despite all the turmoil, the the pass over from Derrick Rose to Jimmy Butler, as the team's alpha dog, has been. Um, I think it's been okay. It's not. The, I think the media has overhyped the the, the 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 struggles, so to say. I think they they genuinely do enjoy playing together. They create opportunities for each other, and big shout out to Paul Gasol for still balling out. Like he's. He is still a very relevant, important uh, 
and a genuine all-star player. He should you know, he so, should be yeah. both in the basketball hall of fame and the people hall of fame. He's just the greatest of all. He's, he's just a great human being. He's yeah. He, he's had he's headed uh, the way his Twitter account is going. He's headed to a career in politics. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's he. It, I mean, you could interchange. I, I follow both him and the and the Dalai Lama on Twitter, and you could interchange their tweets. They would sound <laughs> exactly the same, except in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> but. But yeah, I agree. Like I think they they are they should be the second best team in the East. And if there's anyone who can stop the Cavs, it's it's either them or Miami. I feel. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's uh, that brings us to the end of a really really solid episode. Uh, and before anything else, uh, I, I want to say thanks to Kunal. Thank you for taking the time out and joining us and giving us your your two cents about Kobe and. And the Bulls and everything else. Um, really glad that I could finally get you on. You've been one of our like most loyal listeners. It keeps giving me feedback about you know how this episode should go, how the podcast should go, and stuff. So really, really appreciate the fact that you could make it. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks totally a lot, my pleasure. Thanks Thank a lot, so Kaushik. Thanks, Karan. I look yeah. forward to not playing against you as a tenacious defender. So. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you wouldn't want to, Karan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna, sh- he's, he's not gonna let me dribble up beyond half court, so that that, that won't go down well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm yeah. getting, I'm getting older, Karan. I'm getting older. <laughs> uh, yeah. awesome it was totally my pleasure. Like this was, this was like our equivalent of fan night, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fantastic stuff. Uh, so before we close this episode, um, if if you guys are tuning in to us to, for the first time, we are reachable on a variety of platforms. You can just search for Hoop Darshan on Twitter, Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. We're we're all over the place. Like Kunal is on a basketball court. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's that's uh, that's how you can reach us. You can follow Karan on Twitter at. Pupistani and I'm at underscore Kaushik7 and I don't think Kunal has Twitter so, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, get, so get on Twitter Kunal you're gonna have a lot more fans now you're gonna have at least two more fans now <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see how that goes <laughs> <laughs> oh, alright guys uh, until next time then hashtag India Basketball